Well, good morning. It's amazing to live with God, isn't it? Live in the presence of God, to be at church today. We're so grateful. How many of you are grateful to be at church? Because, hey, we can go to church. And there's a lot of places in the world that you can't just do that. You can't just get out of bed and put on your clothes and go to church. And it's an amazing thing to do that. So we're so grateful today, aren't we? We're so grateful to the Lord. We're so grateful to the Holy Spirit that he lives with us. I don't know what kind of week you had, but you know what? The Holy Spirit still loves you. And that's a good thing, isn't it? (laughs) Why don't we just pray for a minute before we we look at the word and, and we go to the next steps here. Why don't we just take a moment and honor the Lord? Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins and sending the Holy Spirit to come and live with us. And he, he's come to live in my heart. I've accepted Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes and lives with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, Father God, that you call yourself our Father, and you've invited us to be a part of your family so that we can live in the presence of God. We're so grateful in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You know, we've been in a, in a series this month called The Best View in the World. Let's say that together. The Best View in the World. We've been talking about God's view, right? And it's, it's, a, it's a really amazing thing when you realize, when you have the revelation that you have a specific view on something and that another person may have a totally different view on the same situation and that God may have a different view on a lot of the things that we see or think. It's a revelation that happens in your life that just changes the way you think. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you live. Have you ever had that experience with a person where you were like at odds with them about something and then you, you, you heard them and you saw it from their view and you went, oh my goodness. You know, it made you humble immediately, doesn't it? And it makes you a little bit like, oh, I shouldn't have seen it that way. I was, I was holding to something so strong but I didn't realize there was a different perspective. And now that I see it from a different perspective, it's changed the way I look at it, right? Anyone have that experience? That's what relationships are all about, isn't it? If you want to have a marriage, that's what marriage is all about. If you want to be a parent, parent is all about learning how to see something from someone else's perspective and then to lead in the midst of that. And God has a perspective. And so this series is about learning the best view in the world, which is God's view. Right? Just as a reminder, you know, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 is kind of the core scripture. It says, My thoughts, it's God speaking, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways declare. Neither are your ways, I said it backwards, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Right? As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so the question that God is asking our culture right now, you and me and us, is, is God's view relevant to you? Right now, is it relevant to your family? Does it matter? Does God's view matter in the culture that we live in? Does God's view matter to your family? Does it matter to us here in America? Does it matter to the world? Does it matter to your family, to you personally? Is God's view relevant to you? And if you're willing to understand his view and look at his view, are you willing to see that maybe we're going to see something a little bit different? Are you ready for that? So we've been talking about a lot of great things the last two weeks, and this one is called God's view of your city. So let's say that out loud because we want to say it to each other. Say God's view of your city. And we're going to challenge ourselves to think about what we view about our city and what God may view about our city and, and see if we can see it differently. If God's view is more clear than yours, if God's view is more clear than your view about your city or about the people, maybe your neighbors, right? How many of you neighbor that you're like, God must love them because I'm having a hard time, right? 
right? Or, or something, right? What is your view of your city? If we're willing to say, if God's view is different than mine, am I willing to look at something from a different perspective and see it from God's view? And that's what we want to ask today. Are you willing to see your city through God's eyes? Are you willing to see people through God's eyes? Are you willing to see when you go out around Santa Maria or Orchid or the Central Coast, are you willing to see it through God's eyes? Because as a church, we need to. As, as the people of God, we need to see it through God's eyes so that we can understand what's important. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to start by contrasting two different cities that are talked about often in the Bible. We're going to talk about Sodom. If you heard about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Remember God judged Sodom and Gomorrah and, uh, and they were destroyed, actually. We're going to look at that. And then we're going to look at Jerusalem is another city that's talked about often in the Bible. We're going to, we're going to see what we think about it. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 11, this is talking about a story about Abraham. Uh, you know, these are big, long stories, and you've got to go read them in the Bible. This is why you've got to read the Bible yourself. But I'm just going to tell you short pieces of these stories because we don't have all day. But Abraham, if you've heard of Abraham, he was, he was someone who God came to and spoke to him and called him to follow him and sent him out. He was a, kind of the, the father of faith. We call him the father of, of the Jewish nation, really. You know, we, we call him the father of, of what began in the beginning, it became Christianity of that time of faith and belief, right? God did something with Abraham, and he sent him out into this land, and he had a nephew named Lot. And this, we pick up the story where they, they've been living near each other, but they've both grown, and they've kind of been, their people have been kind of fighting, and their flocks are intermingling. And just a couple of scriptures to see what happens. In, in Genesis 13, it says, So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram, before God changed his name to Abraham, Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. And it's interesting because there's, there's a choice in front of these two men, right? God says, you go wherever you want to go. And Lot chooses to go live next to a city that was very wicked. It was his choice. He had the choice and it looked nice. And he went and lived next to that city. And later in the Bible, in Ezekiel, it talks about Sodom in verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 49. It says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant. They were overfed and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and the needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them, as you have seen. And the story that happens is, you know, the, the angel of the Lord comes and speaks to Abraham and says, I've come down to inspect the land. And he, and he ends up going, and Abraham cries out to him and says, don't destroy it, right? And so he, they go, and they go to Sodom and say, okay, we're not going to destroy it. They find Lot, right? They find Lot, and then they see the sin of the people of Sodom, and it ends up, they end up destroying, right? God rains down fire and sulfur. I don't, I don't know if it was like God sent meteors, or he sent volcanoes, or whatever it was. God rained and rained down fire and destroyed that whole town because of the wickedness. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Ooh, I'm a little scared. Are you guys scared with me? That's okay. Let's talk about Jerusalem. Let's change gears, right? So Jerusalem, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 5. This is God speaking about Jerusalem. He says, Since the day I brought my people out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built so that my name might be there. Nor have I chosen anyone to be the ruler over my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem for my name to be there, and I have chosen David to rule my people. And that was when God established 
right? He established David as the king and he spoke, he spoke to David and said, I'm going to live there in Jerusalem. And, and it was actually Solomon, David's son, who built the temple. Um, and when he's speaking about God saying, I've chosen this people, I've chosen this city that I would come and dwell there and they would be known by my name, right? Because I'm going to live amongst them. And in Isaiah 62, it goes on and he says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. Who, you who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest, right? We've been praying, give yourself no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Wow, imagine being called the praise of the earth. So we see these two cities, right? We see Sodom and Gomorrah often, you know, are linked together with that. And we see the city of Jerusalem whom God chose and put his name and his blessing on. And I want to ask you the question, which city do you live in? What do you think about when you think of Santa Maria or Orchid or whatever city you live in, but the region? Or if you're from out of town, you know, what do you think about your hometown? What do you think about your city? That's kind of a sobering question, isn't it? What do you speak about your city? Which one? Which one do you think? Do you think, hey, America deserves God's judgment. America deserves God's blessing. Santa Maria, what what is it that you speak about your city? right? Is there a time for judgment, right? Is there a time for judgment for our world? We hear that kind of like spoken out over our nation right now, isn't it? Every time there's a disaster, right? People go like, oh, it's God judging. How many of you have heard that in the last couple of years? The pandemic, right? Hurricanes, earthquakes, fires. It's God's judgment come to destroy our city. And we hear those kind of things and we have to think about what do I, do I agree with that? Does God see it that way? Who's speaking? Is that God speaking? Or is it me just hearing? Some, what, what is it that God thinks, right? What do you think about your city is really important. And the, I want to give you an answer. Can I give you an answer? Which city do you live in? And the answer is neither of them. You don't live in Sodom. You don't live in Jerusalem. You live somewhere else, right? And there was a time where God judged that city. But the time has not come to judge this city yet, right? The time has not come to judge our world at the moment. God has actually said that he will not judge at this moment right now. There's a time that's coming where judgment will come, but we live in a time where God has withheld judgment for very specific reasons. And he's also withheld that full blessing for very specific reasons. We live in a time where we're not under God's judgment And it's important that we understand that so we don't misunderstand what's going on around us. God's view of your city is that he has not come to judge it. God's view of you is he's not come to judge you yet. We live in a time, the time of the church, the time where God set aside a moment throughout the history of the universe at which he is not passing judgment on us. He's given us an opportunity to find salvation. He's given us an opportunity to seek him and to call out to God. And this is our moment to find him and to cry out to God and to look for him. It's our moment for our families to find him. It's our moment for our city to find him. It's our moment for our church to find God and to look to him. And we can react two different ways. You see a lot of people will react that and say, I can get away with anything. I can get away with anything. God's God's not judging me, right? Right? 
And the truth is we can get away with a lot right now. In fact, the culture right now is saying, hey, let's test every limit we can test and see what we can get away with. But our actions will be judged eventually, right? They're just not being judged right now. And so when we think about our city, when we look up at, at where we live and our families, we have to recognize that judgment is not coming right now. But that doesn't just give us free license to do whatever the old heck thing we want to do, right? Because it has a great impact in the spirit. And God is trying to teach us how to live spiritually right now. That's why we have training, right? What Matt said is so well, and, and Aaliyah and Josue, all of them, it's like we need to be trained because otherwise we'll just live how the culture is letting us live. Right? Have you ever had one of those Saturday mornings where you're like, I've got nothing to do today. I think I'm just going to sleep in. And then by the end of the day, you're like, I ate bad. I slept bad. I feel bad because I just did all the wrong things. Anyone have those kind of moments? They're like, what happened to all my discipline? <laughs> right? What happened to all my training? We defaulted. Aaliyah said, oh, man, you heard us when you said that earlier. We defaulted to our lowest place of training, right? We're like, ah, I just have been dreaming to eat. I took my son out for his birthday the other day. We, how much candy and popcorn did we eat at the movie? Too much. Too much. Because we just defaulted to what we wanted in the moment. Does that describe our city? Does that describe us? It does a bit, doesn't it, if we're honest? So God looks at it differently than we do because we're so quick to judge, aren't we? When somebody does something or we see something, we hear something, social media, news, we're so quick to say, God's judging us, right? Or God's blessing the city or whatever, you know, it's like, but it's somewhere in between, right? God wants to bring his blessing to us, absolutely. He wants us to come under his blessing, right? But it's not a judgment yet. It's us learning how to come into the blessing of God, how to come in to the blessing of what God wants as a people. We can make that choice. Right? And I want to live in a city that's making the choice to want to live under God's blessing. But it's our choice right now. We get to choose it, and we get to reject it. We get to choose it. Right? Are we going to choose it? Are you going to choose it? Am I going to choose it? Right? God is looking at us and saying, what's your choice? You can have me, or you cannot have me. What are you going to do about it? What's your decision? And uh, I don't know about you, but I really want to live under God's blessing, and I want to make that decision. And I want to ask you if you will do that with me and my family. Will you and your family, will we come together and make the, the choice where we live that we want to live under God's blessing? So which one do you see when you think about it? When you think about the people around the city, do you see someone as a, a people, as a group? Do you see a group of people who are choosing God's blessing or who are choosing to reject God? And a lot of that can come from where you live and who you know and what you do, right? A lot of that view can come from the kinds of people you're around or the experience that you're living personally, right? And we come to a realization that we cannot choose someone else what they're going to do. We cannot choose their choice for them, right? We can only choose whose. Whose choice can you choose? Come on, raise your hand and say, I can choose my choice. If you have kids, you know you can't even make their choice for them, <laughs> right? You can't make a choice for your parents. You can't make, it, can't make a choice for your spouse, right? You have to make a choice for yourself, right? Which one are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? That's the question that's in front of us. Because if we choose, then our city chooses. You see that? If we choose, if we choose God's blessing, then our city chooses God's blessing, right? If you choose God's blessing, your family is choosing God's blessing, right? If you choose it, 
to follow Christ and to, to, to run after him and to call on the name of the Lord, then you receive that blessing of that. Amen. Isn't that amazing? And you know what? It's amazing because no matter how many times we make a good choice, we often make bad choices. And there's something called grace for that. God knows that we're learning. He's training us and teaching us to live in the right way. So we're going to look at three things. Three ways that God sees our city, that he wants to help us to have his view. Can we do that? Is that all right? You tracking with me this morning? All right, good. So number one, how does God see our city, our people? us. He sees our city as in a war of belief. We are in a war of belief. Now, Ukraine and Russia are in an actual war right now. So I want you to think about what it's like to live in Ukraine. I know people who are in Ukraine, right? And they're under attack. They're under siege, right? They're having to fight every moment they wake up. It's on their mind. They're in a war. Maybe you've, maybe you've been in battle. I don't know if any of you are veterans or anything. You've been in a war. But there's a war happening in our city, but it's a war of belief. It's a war of belief. And you face it every day, right? How many of you recognize it? That you wake up and you have a hard time, like, I don't know what to believe today. Am I going to believe that it's going to be a good day? Am I going to believe it's going to be a bad day? Am I going to believe it's just going to be a day, right? It's a war for your thinking. It's a war for your spirit, a war of your belief. And there's a war out here. That's why social media is so powerful because you can train your mind to see, think certain ways by what you're seeing right? Movies and television and music and all the things you're looking at and hearing can be training you to think certain ways. And that's why it's so important that you're careful what you listen to, what you look at, what you think, right? The Bible tells us to whatever is noble and pure and excellent to think about those things, right? So that we have our mind filled with the things of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 12 says this, there is no difference now between Jew and Gentile, the same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Say this word with me. Say everyone. everyone. Say no difference. No. Come on, you got to say it. Say no difference. no difference. There's no difference. Look around this room. Say there's no difference. There's no difference between us. Our culture wants to tell us there's massive differences between us and that they're irreconcilable, that we cannot reconcile them. And God wants to say, in Christ, it just has to do with what you believe. There's no difference between us, right? We have to make a decision of whether we're going to accept each other as there's no difference, right? Whether we're going to accept and love each other, whether we're going to accept everyone and love each other because there's no difference, it's really important. What value do you give people? That's, a, that's a, a viewpoint of God, isn't it? What value does God give people? What value are we going to give people? What value are we going to give the people that we run into that we just walk right past every day? That's a view. It's a perspective. God gives all people a high value and says there's no difference, right? Not a low value, a high value. Say it, a high value, right? When you're walking around, and you go to the grocery store, or you go to your coffee, whatever you're doing, do you walk around and go, high value, high value, high value, high value, high value? Or do you go, don't want to talk to you, don't want to die, right? It depends on our mood for the day, doesn't it? High value, high value. God wants to help us understand that every person is of high value, right? That he values each one of those people so highly, and he values you highly, very highly, right? The question is, are we calling on the Lord, right? 
All who call on the Lord. What did we just read that, right? All who call, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Are we calling on the name of the Lord? So when we call on the Lord, we've been in a 21 days of prayer. We've been praying. I hope you've been joining us. This is our last week. You got to come join us Tuesday and Thursday on Zoom. Wednesday, we'll be right here in the morning, very early, 530, right? We're going to be here. Come and join us. Come and call on the name of the Lord. If someone's going to call on the name of the Lord in Santa Maria, don't you want it to be us? Who's calling on the name of the Lord? Well, what are we calling on the name of the Lord for? Are we calling it just, just for our own personal needs? Or are we calling on the name of the Lord for what he wants to do, what he wants to do in our family and in our city, right? How about the salvation of Santa Maria? How about the salvation of California? Are we calling on the name of the Lord for what he wants to do? And if we want a city of God versus a city of sin, then we've got to call on the name of the Lord for salvation for our people. God, save my people. And that's what Abraham did in that story, is he said, God, will you not destroy it? And you know what? He saved Lot's family's life because of it. He, even though the rest of the city chose sin, Lot's family escaped, right? And God didn't judge it until they escaped out of it. And that can be your family. Call in the name of the Lord for your family, for your people. Cry out to God and say, God, before the time of judgment comes, I want my family to be saved. I want them to be a part of your blessing. Let's call out to God. And so I want to ask you this. If you want a city of God, this is going to be a hard question. Can, I, can you guys give me one of these like, okay, he's going to ask us a hard question. If you want a city of God, my question to you is, what is your contribution to it? I hurt myself when I asked that question. What are you contributing to this being a city of the people of God? If all we're doing is contributing our sin, our selfishness, right? Then our city will look like that. But if we're going to contribute calling out for the name of the Lord and finding salvation and running after God with all that we have, then our city will look like that. And I want to call you to do that with me. Let's run after God with all that we have and let's be a part of that. If we've not been doing that, it's time to repent. Repent means turn from what we've been doing and run after the Lord. It is time to run after Jesus in this city, in our time, at this time. It's time. Amen? Number two, our city, God sees our city as a place for the presence of God. And we read this earlier. I'm just going to read a piece of the scripture we read earlier from 2 Chronicles. He said, I, I have a temple built so that my name might be there. And God wants to build places throughout the city where his presence can rest and his name will be there. God sees this city as a place that he wants his name to be known. He, he sees your family as a family that he wants your name to be known. He wants his presence to reside in your family and in your life and in your city and in your home and in your neighborhood. And whatever that neighborhood looks like now, God wants his presence to be there. And do you know how you know that God wants his presence to be there? Because you're there. God planted you. He's planted you in each part of the city so that his presence could be there, right? The temple is not this. This is a gathering of the temples of God. You are now the temple of God. You are now the place. You receive Jesus in your life. The presence of God goes with you. And how is the city going to live in the presence of God? Is because we live in the city. And we're going to be out everywhere we go. The presence of God goes with us. Isn't that powerful? God wants to plant the presence of God everywhere he goes. See, God sent his angels to Sodom to see them, to look at it, 
right? He sent the angel of the Lord there, and they did not recognize that God was right in front of them. Lot did. Lot and his family recognized that it was the Lord, and they received him and honored him and blessed him, and because of that, salvation came to them, and even though judgment happened around them, they were saved because they honored the Lord and recognized his name and gave him the place that he deserved, and the presence of God saved them. And that's what God is giving us all a chance to right now at this time in the world is he wants us to recognize that Jesus is the salvation of God. That Jesus is the name which we can be saved, right? But we have to recognize it and receive Jesus so that we can be saved, right? Do you recognize when God has arrived in your life? Do you see it? Do you see it when God is right there in front of you, right? Or do we, or do we resist it? Right? Are we, are, are, our, nature, our, our nature inside of us wants to run from God sometimes because we feel ashamed and we feel like our sin is more powerful in our life than God. But if we're willing to let go and humble ourselves and just honor God for who he is, honor Jesus who he sent, right? his son, the son of God who sent to save the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. See, our behavior and our attitudes and our lifestyle have a big impact on what happens in our lives right? We often think we can just do whatever we want and then kind of get away with it, but our behavior and our attitude means the difference between honoring God and living in his blessing or dishonoring God and not living in his blessing, right? So we want to come into that, and I want to encourage you to be a part of the church, be a part of the people of God, not just an attender. Don't just come, right? Come and be a part of what God's doing because you want to be a part of a people who are encouraging you and running toward and honoring God and living in the presence of God daily and training you and teaching you and living together because it's a wonderful thing. I would not be here if it wasn't for the fact that the people of God supported me and helped me and reached out to me and helped me find Jesus, right? Helped me live in the presence of God. We need this. And our church needs you. God needs you. The church in general needs you. God needs you to be a part of what he's doing, right? Like what's happening in, in Asbury out in Kentucky, right? It's like there's just people just showed up because they wanted to know God. They just like, I don't want to leave because I want to live in God's presence, right? And we don't want you to leave. We want to give you opportunities to come and be a part of God's presence and live in that. Isn't that wonderful? God is inviting you into his presence. The third thing, our city, God sees our city as a place where we have been sent by God. I want to encourage you to think about that. In, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal, how? Through us, right? We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And I want you to think about why you're here. You may have made some choice or you may have not. Maybe you're just born here or your parents brought you here or you just ended up here for some reason. But everywhere you go, I want you to think about the fact that God could have orchestrated you to be somewhere else. But God orchestrated it so that you were here, that you live where you live, that you're in your family. God designed it so that you're where you are for a reason. It's either that he had no reason and it's random or that he had a reason. Which one is it? Well, God's view is that because he had a reason. He placed you, he planted you so that you could be his ambassador. You could be the presence of God where you live, that you could carry the presence of God where you live and help him to speak on, behalf, on his behalf and cry out to people. What does it say? Come back to God, right? How many of you know some people who you need to sit in front of and let the presence of God be there and you need to look in their eyes and say, come back to God. 
Come back to God. Come to Jesus. Come and find him because we need him. We need him desperately. You know, who has God sent to Santa Maria? Who has God sent to Orchid? Who has God sent to Napomo where I live? Oh my goodness. Has God sent people to Napomo? Does God even love Napomo? Does God even love Orchid? Does he? Does God love Santa Maria? How do you know? Because he sent you there. You're one of his best. You're one of his cherished. God loves you, and he sent you here. That's how you know that he loves this place, because you're here, right? And I hope you're encouraged by that. I hope you walk around and, and, and with the confidence of God and the humility of Jesus say, God sent me here, and I'm a part of it, and that's why I'm here, because it's a wonderful thing. All right, so we ask these kinds of questions about our city, though, right? Will, will our city accept God's message, right? Will people accept God's message? If we speak it, will they hear it, right? Well, the Bible tells us, how can they believe in who they've not heard, right? How can they believe in who they've not heard, and how can they hear unless someone tells them, right? And that's why God sent us here, right? It starts with us. We have to accept God's message, and then it says, freely give what you've freely received, Go and give away everything that God's given to you. Our fight is not with people. I want to help us agree with this today, can we? We are not in a war against people. Sometimes it sure feels like it. Sometimes, some days it sure feels like we're in a war with people, doesn't it? How about you, anyone? I have those kind of days. It feels like, why is everyone fighting me? Right? But our war is not against people. Our war is for belief. Our war is for what we believe first, and our war is for what we're going to believe as a people, right? What are we going to believe? Sometimes we need to preach, yes. Sometimes we just need to go help people. Sometimes we need to just care about people. Jesus loved people and cared for them. He cared for them. He went to them, and he cared for people. And our world is a very difficult thing to just care for people right now. Try knocking on someone's door and say, can I help you? You're going to have that door shut very quickly right? And you've got to be creative with your love. You've got to be passionate with your love to help somebody, right? I mean, just try giving someone a compliment these days. People are like, eh, nope, why are you talking to me? How many of you react that way? We're just all bound up and closed up and like, what is it, right? We're so afraid and we're so proud and we're so shut down. And God's saying, will you open up your heart? Will you open up your heart? Let me love you, and will you love others? Right? We have a phrase we say. It's just kind of like a, a quick summary of a, of a verse in the Bible. It says, love God, love people. If that's all you spent your life doing learning, was learning how to love God and love people, that's enough. Right? Love God, love people. Say, let's say that out loud. Say, love God, love people. You want to know how to be a Christian? We can boil all your training and everything down, all the law and the prophets. Jesus boiled it down to those two things, right? Love God, say it, love God. And love people. You want to have a great day? You want to live in a great city? What are you going to do? That's what we need to do right now. Uh, the Bible says they'll know that we are Christians by what? By our love. Not they'll know we're Christians by what our jeans look like, what kind of shoes we wear, right? What kind of car we drive, right? Not that we'll know that we're Christians by what kind of Bible we have or how we preach, right? They'll know by Christians by what? 
Say it. Come on, say it. Love. That's right. We're going to love, right? Love God, love people. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand up together as we end here? Just as you stand, I'll give you a quick summary. God's view of our city is that we're in a war of belief. It's about what we believe. That this is a place for the presence of God. And that we were sent by God to this city for a reason and a purpose. And that reason is to love each other. To show the love of God, yes, and to love others. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you hear this message and you want to have God's view. If you guys want to close your eyes with me, we're going to pray. If you want to accept God's view. In particular, if there's some people some situations in your life where you have a hard time accepting God's view. Maybe you've never seen your city as a place that God loves. Maybe you have a hard time with that. Or maybe there's some people in the city, in your family, that you have a hard time loving. Maybe it's you. Maybe you have a hard time loving God or or just receiving his love. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to the Lord and really decided to give your heart If you want to make that decision this morning, God's asking us to adopt his view. If you would like that, why don't you just, right where you are, I just want you to lift your faces up to God. Maybe hold your hands out kind of as a sign of surrender to the Lord and say, God, I give up. I give up my view. Maybe you just want to say that out loud. Say, God, I give up my view. I give up how I see things. I let go of it. I want to see it the way you see it. Maybe you need to speak someone's name out. You say, I want to see them the way that you see them. Say their name or something. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's yourself. I want to see me the way that you see me, God. I want to see your church the way you see it. I want to see Santa Maria the way that you see Santa Maria, Lord. I want to, I want you to, I want to see my family the way that you see my family. I need a new view Maybe you even need to just put your hands on your eyes or something. If, if that's you, you're having a hard time seeing through God's perspective and you want him to give you a new sight. Say, God, will you give me a new sight? Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe you need to put your hand on your heart and say, God, would you give me love and compassion? And would you remove judgment out of my heart, Lord? I've been judging. I confess it. I confess it, Lord. I've been judging. Maybe you need to hold your hands up to God and say, God, my hands have withheld blessing. And I want my hands to be someone who reaches out with love and blessing, Lord. But I want to ask if all of us together, if we would all repent on behalf of our city. Could we repent together? I hope, would you please just find that appropriate with us to do together? And we're going to repent on behalf of our city for the times that our city, our lives, our families, the times that we've rejected God's view. And we're going to ask him that he would come, that his presence would come. So would you pray with me? Let's pray out loud. Lord, I pray, I repent on behalf of this city, this region, this whole region, Lord, on behalf of every person, on behalf of every family, Lord. I stand before you, God. And I repent on behalf of this city, on behalf of California, on behalf of the United States of America, on behalf of this world that we live in, but our part of this world, Lord, I repent for our sin.
God, we've, the times that we've turned from you, the times that we've rejected you, the times that we've been so proud before you, the times that we've not reached out to the poor, the times we've not reached out to the needy, but we've withheld your blessing, the times that we've not loved, the times we've not had compassion, God. We repent. Say it with me, please. We repent, God. We stand before you, Lord, and we repent on behalf of our city, on behalf of our people, Lord, on behalf of us. We recognize that we admit it, Lord. We confess it before you, and we ask that you would forgive us. God, would you forgive us today? And would you come and fill this place with your presence? Fill every family with your presence. Fill every person in this region with the presence of God. Give us a chance to be saved, Lord, we ask. God, we want to see this city to be a place where your presence dwells. We want our homes to be a place where your presence dwells. God, we want our lives to be a place where your presence dwells. God. We've judged each other. We've looked each other wrong. We've, we've let divisions come between us. But God, we let go of those divisions right now. We are all one in you, Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And today we call on the name of the Lord. Would you come and save us? God, would you come and save us? Come and save us, Lord.